Welcome to the Genealogy Gems Podcast, providing quick and innovative ways to make the absolute most out of your research time and creative ideas for sharing and displaying your family history. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. Welcome to episode 29 of the Genealogy Gems Podcast. I'm recording this episode during the first week of October 2007, and fall is definitely in the air. I went out in the garden today and I harvested the last of the onions and the peppers, got a huge basket of tomatoes and all the pumpkins, which are now at home on the front porch. <laughs> so it's exciting to harvest, and yet I'm a little sad to see the, that glorious garden come to its end for the year. It looks like you have been busy too this fall. I have received lots of wonderful emails, so coming up next is the mailbox. Got lots of great emails this week. The first one comes to us from Down Under from Doug Laidlaw in Australia. And he writes that American resources are of limited use to us, those down in Australia, because most of our ancestors came from Britain. But I still follow your podcast or at least scan it for suggestions that might help. And he goes on to write about um, an American ancestor of his named Ida Stanford, who was from New Jersey, and her family originally came from Germany. Sounds like he's run into a lot of roadblocks. He's tried a couple of the different ideas that I've talked about on the podcast. And then he writes in his final paragraph, Ida was working in San Francisco at the time of the 1906 earthquake. We had a reference to her working for the Revenue Department in 1903. In 1907, she came to Australia to marry my wife's grandfather, who had been sent to Schenectady by his employer for training. We don't know where they met. When I saw your reference to the archivist project for a database of survivors, and I think he's talking about that night, again, that San Francisco earthquake, I immediately got in touch with her and passed on what we knew. The archivist has just replied to say that she has found Ida in the 1905 directory working for a firm of attorneys, and that was always my wife's belief, and a residential address in an area destroyed by fire. I found the lawyers in the temporary 1906 phone book, but no mention of Ida. She probably went back to Jersey City. Thanks for all your help. Well, thank you, Doug, for writing. I am really glad that um, the archivist over there with the San Francisco Earthquake Project was able to help you out. That's awesome. You never know where those leads are going to come from. And I got a quick note from Karen Glass in Illinois, and she writes, Lisa, just a note to tell you how great your Sockish family video casts are. Oh, I'm so glad that you enjoy the Sockish people, Karen Glass. She says, I was delighted to see Socket to your iPod show up on my iTunes. Thanks for brightening my day. Good job. Thank you, Karen. That was... um. A real goal of mine was to see if I couldn't get a video cast up and on iTunes, and it worked. So who better to use than the Socks to America to test run that out? So I hope that all of you, if you haven't had a chance to take a look at it, um, Roots Television has been featuring the Socks to America video. And as Karen mentions, uh, Socket to Your iPod was my first video cast, which you can also find the listing in iTunes and, of course, at the genealogygems.tv website. And if you have a video iPod, you can download that puppy right to your iPod and watch it anytime you want. And of course, if you don't have an iPod and you have iTunes, you can still click on it and watch it from the iTunes directory. So thanks again, Karen, for writing. 
Coming up next, we're going to tackle the subject of DNA and genealogy step by step with Anna Swain of the Sorensen Molecular Genealogy Foundation. about you, but I find the area of DNA research pretty overwhelming. So I was very happy to get the opportunity to talk with Anna Swain of the Sorensen Molecular Genealogy Foundation at the Northern Utah Genealogy Jamboree last month. Now this was my chance to walk through this emerging area of genealogy step-by-step and get a really solid overview of how DNA testing can assist us in our family history research. I'm here with Anna Swain, and you are with the Sorensen Molecular Genealogy Foundation. And so let's just start from the beginning, and maybe you can tell us what the foundation is and what you do there. Okay, perfect. Yes, we have been around for about seven years, and we we started in 2000 wanting to genetically map out the human population. So we... With that said, you know, genetics, we look at genetics, we look at DNA. We know that DNA is inherited from our two parents, our four grandparents, our eight great-grandparents, 16 great-great-grandparents, and so on. So the DNA that we carry inside us is inherited from them. So with that, knowing that information of DNA and combined it with genealogy. And genealogy is written research that we can combine the two to then help us extend our pedigrees and verify our pedigrees. So with DNA, there's four different types of DNA that help us with genetic genealogy. One is uh, Y chromosome, which is passed from father to son. Only Right. Uh-huh. And the Y chromosome of a male, so my brother, his Y chromosome is the same as his great, 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 father. It just doesn't change. Which is almost the, the surname line right. of your males. Every male, mm-hmm. it was funny, I was thinking about that the other day, literally kind of goes back to infin- to the point of when they started surnames. Exactly. It's that male and L behind him. Exactly. Okay. Yes. And that's the Y chromosome. And then you have the mitochondrial DNA, which is passed from mother to daughter and son. Okay. So sons do have it, though they don't pass it. They don't give it to their children. So if you had your mother's DNA, you could match her to her son. You just couldn't go on to the grandchildren. Exactly. So, exactly. But Andriel is being the, the female line. Then we're talking my mother, my grandmother, my great-grandmother. You only really have one purely straight female line. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and obviously think, they don't have a common surname. Right. <laughs> yeah, and that's what's beneficial to the genetic aspect is because if the name's changing at every every generation it's you hard for you to else. do so, yeah it's hard with the genetic aspect it helps uh, supplement the traditional genealogy wonderful so that's, that's that's the whole idea of genetics we don't we don't ever want to say only genetics only genealogy we want the two together to help us right with this this adventure but and that's the second one and the third that's the second one, one third one is uh, X chromosome which is passed from mother to the son, father to the daughter. Oh, okay. Because the X will determine the sex of the child. So the X chromosome, the mother gives, and um, the father gives an X to make a female. And the mother gives, the father gives a Y. So that's so it's passed from mother, it's passed from both parents to the female, and just 
Okay. Great. Now, that, the reason why I bring up that type of DNA is because that's how females trace their paternal line. Because right now, we have females. I'm a female, you're a female. We can't connect to our father's line. If I test myself today, I can't, I can't make any connections to my father. But through the X chromosome, you can make those connections. To your father, father back. Would you continue with that X, or would you go to the male to male to male to male? And that's a perfect question because that leads us into the fourth type of DNA, okay. which is autosomal DNA, and that's the filler. It's passed on from both parents to both kids, and it kind of helps us fill in those missing. Those wow. Missing so there's four. Now, the first two I've, I've heard of more often, so those are more common, I'm guessing? And those are the only two. Those are only So Y chromosome, mitochondrial, DNA... Any testing company, any anybody that does DNA, those are the only databases you can search. Ah. The X chromosome and the uh, autosomal DNA is just not available. It's it it's it becomes a little more complicated because of the challenges of connecting X to your father and then so on. Then you hit over to the autosomal. The tests are not available or databases of Databases the aren't available. So you could do the, the test you, for yeah. your immediate use. Right. So okay. if you were curious about your paternal line, you wanted... The thing is, if you go into a testing company, from what I understand, you go into a testing company and you do an X chromosome <laughs> test, you would have... You would want to be compare yourself to somebody. Right. So... You have a specific that need that you're trying to Right, a paternal test or... Yeah, exactly. Now, Sorensen, um, do you actually administer the test? Could I approach your foundation and, and order my little packet and, and do the test? You bet, yeah. Okay. And that's what we... We go out and we teach people about genetic genealogy, the basics, the advanced... Try to answer specific questions. And we want you to come and get the DNA tests done, the... What our DNA test includes is a mouthwash sample, mm-hmm. switch around for 45 seconds, and we ask you to donate a gen- uh, generation pedigree chart. Oh, okay. So that's what makes us unique than anyone else. Other than we're free, we're the only foundation out there that's free, that does this for free. Um, we take them together into the database, Y chromosome database, mitochondrial database, and we hope in the future to have X and autosomal database. So what... Um, What's the company purpose, or what is the purpose of the foundation? They're doing this for free. They're connecting. They definitely want that background information, the pedigree. What's the long-range goal for the foundation? For the foundation, on a bigger level, it's to show that we're all related. And by doing that, we'll treat each other better. And, I mean, that's kind of a summed-up version of James Sorensen, who's the founder of this foundation. That's what he wants. He says, if we can show... You know, two people that they're related, maybe we'll start treating each other better. Wonderful concept. And, and that, that's kind of the big, uh, more individual level. We want to help others connect to names. So, for example, you search in the database, you match with somebody, it's going to give you that person's pedigree chart. Right. And so then you'll have access to names, places, you know, missing links you never knew about, or just helping you you know, break down some biology before. Versus, um, now I've, like, submitted my um, my uncle's mm-hmm. DNA to Family Tree DNA, mm-hmm. and they didn't require the pedigree chart. I know that we joined a surname project, uh-huh. which is another yeah. way to kind of connect with people uh-huh. who are lo- looking for those. And then the survey, excuse me, the surname project wanted the pedigree right. information mm-hmm. up front be- to 
to make sure you're meeting those goals from the very beginning. Correct. Okay. And with that, the DNA and looking at your DNA, looking at your pedigree chart, will know at which time, at which time and place your DNA was. So if I'm looking at my pedigree chart and I'm looking at my mother's line, I know in 1780 that my mitochondrial DNA, because my great great grandmother was there in 19, you know, 17, 1780, and she was in England, and she gave me her DNA. So you're helping the person to analyze the results of it. It sounds like yeah, to put it into context. Yeah, exactly. And 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 more importantly, break down those barriers or just give you. What we want to do is create another source for people to help extend and verify their pedigrees. You know, sometimes um, records were lost or destroyed or they just weren't kept. Mm-hmm. And so with that, you know, when you match with someone genetically, you know you know you have a relationship. Now the, the challenge is to find, you know, where your common ancestor is. Sometimes it's available, sometimes it's not. Right. Now, what if NA test? Um, can you tap into to Sorensen's? Let's say um, you've done the initial Y test, but uh, as like me, maybe you got the results back, and then it was like, oh, what, what do, do I, I do? do now? And I, I have a feeling that I want to go on to the other tests, but mm-hmm. I need help in analyzing that. Could could I still tap into Sorensen? Even share the results I already have. Um, Yes and no. You can use your results that you paid for from a commercial testing company and plug those into our database. So you could compare them to what yeah, you have. Yeah, you could search to see if you have any genetic matches right now with your with that information from a commercial testing company. And let's stop and have you just give us the website address. Okay. It is www.smgf.org. SM like George, F like Frank. Yes. .org. Okay, yes. and then they could plug in what they already know. If they already have a test done, they can plug in and search for genetic matches. The thing is, if you come to me and say, Anna, I've got my results, can I just give them to you and you can just add them to your database? Mm-hmm. We can't do that. Okay. Since we are a strict nonprofit uh, foundation, we don't accept anybody else's DNA testing because they tested. So each DNA testing company will test the DNA differently and they report different markers. And since they're commercial, we don't know what what uh, methods they use. We just have one standard in our foundation and in our database, and we just test everyone the same. If they would like to retest in order to be part of your database, is there a fee for getting no, the test? it's free. You can request a kit online at the uh, smgf.org, or we can, and we'll mail it to you. We even pay postage for it to come back. You just put it right in the mail, and on it goes. Terrific. Okay, so um, so you could go ahead and request the test, get it done, be put into the Sorensen um, database. Let's say uh, once you've done that, and you have a little bit of, you have a few more questions in interpreting the kind of results you're getting. Um, do you guys offer assistance, email help? Is there somewhere yes, to go to ask? Definitely, we. You can email us. You can call us. I bet the best way is to email. And you can email us at info, I-N-F-O, at smgf.org. Great. Any questions you have. The, the, the difference with us is when you participate with us, so when you send your kit back in, it takes about six to eight months to get into the database. Okay. And then I'm not going to come back and say to you, here's your results. You have to then go to the website and access it for yourself. Okay. So, and if you give us your email, we do send you updates. So when we update the database, because when you participate, we update so many at a time. Mm-hmm. It cut down 
cuts down costs. Sure. And so it's every three months or so we'll just upload all this information. We'll send out an email anyone that's registered, and um, you'll get an email saying there's been an update. You can then go and check to see if you're in there by searching for your surname. And since when you search for your surname, you can uh, there'll be a list of, of people in the database with that same surname. You'll be able to find yourself because you know what your pedigree chart looks like. I see. Okay. And that's how you access. Okay, great. So now I'm, I'm stepping back and I'm thinking we're talking to the person who's never done a test. They have a pedigree chart. And, um, well, let's use my husband for an example because I'm familiar with his chart. Uh, I know his paternal line. Back to about 1800, the year 1800, and I know the name of the gentleman, Solomon Cook. Okay. Um, and I know he lived in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. What test would I do to try to go further, and what could I accomplish with a DNA test? And want to clarify it for the, for the newbie, the brand new okay. person into it. The best way, since you are searching his paternal line, yes. you would have him be tested. Okay. Because he is a representation of his paternal line, his Y chromosome, which traces the paternal line. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, um, it's twofold. You can, you'll have a chance to maybe match with people. Who also descend also from, from Solomon? Or? Exactly. Okay. Or maybe uh, uh, an uncle or, you know, a cousin from Solomon. But it gives you a place. Maybe they, from Great Britain, they were in Norway before that. Or, you know, something like that. So you you can then have a, a lead to do some more research in that line. So that DNA might tell you that much further behind Solomon, you're actually not from Britain, you're from Norway. Right. And in many cases, maybe it's not the next generation, but in many cases, they came somewhere before then. Okay. And so let's say you've got somebody who um, has ancestors, and they only have them in the America back to, let's say, colonial times. Mm-hmm. It sounds like for them, the DNA test is exciting because that's really going to take them back to right. that origin. Exactly. Because right now, they really have no idea. They're stuck in the colonial ages. Yeah. They haven't <laughs> jumped the pond. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's going to give them a clue about, we don't necessarily know how far back you have to go to jump the pond, though, correct? Right. Correct. No, once you get there. Right. And, and if you want to go into more specifics with DNA... When you look at your DNA, uh, depending on what your DNA looks like, it has similar markers. Mm-hmm. It'll put you into a group. So everyone with a certain marker values, well, they'll put you into a group called a haplotype group. From that haplotype group, and you can find this on our website, mm-hmm. what a haplogroup is, what a DNA marker value is. Great. So as we're hearing these terms, it's it's uh-huh. opening us up to the, that they're out there, and your website's going to be able to It'll give be them able the details. To explain. Exactly. Perfect. So I always recommend to people, they're just barely starting out, go in and explore some some websites. And our website was just nominated one of the 100 websites by Family Tree Magazine. Oh, wonderful. Out of the millions of websites yes. there are. And so, you know, it's a good resource, a good tool, and it's free to access. And go there and play around with these terms. And if you don't, still don't understand it, email us. So, so Sorensen really is a wonderful place for somebody who has 
heard the word mm-hmm. and has been a little nervous about starting, you yep. know it's a good to go in there and just start playing with it until you get comfortable with the terminology. Mm-hmm. And you know it's fairly risk-free because it's free. Exactly. So when you're ready, you can do it. And I always recommend to people, you know, if they're just wanting to get their feet wet with genetic genealogy, participate with us. It's a step, it's a stepping stool to get into it, and it's free. You know? And you're really helping other people to... Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the mitochondria because, as I understand it from all the uh, forensic TV shows and things... <laughs> That's a newer technology than the Y chromosome. Mm-hmm. And um, in a case like mine, where I know I've got my great-grandmother came from Prussia, and I've at least found her mother and her grandmother in the church records, mm-hmm. what could the mitochondria test do for me? What might I learn? Well, um, specifically the test, it could tell you specific regions beyond where you've currently found where I know they're in Prussia in the 1700s, uh-huh. it's going to maybe take me further beyond. Further beyond that, okay. exactly. And, you know, if you are in the database, and maybe they would give you a specific location or a specific name to search. So, so the, just to, to clarify for the person new to, D, to DNA research, your testing is never going to give you the next name on your chart, but it's going to give you two paths to follow. One is geographically. And the other one, it sounds like, is connecting up with somebody else who may have already been able to go further that you know you're connected to genetically, mm-hmm. and there gives you that next clue. Oh, right. okay, I need to go look with them, and exactly. we know somewhere we share an ancestor. Right. And since we're an international database, we go all over the world collecting these samples. Really? So we hope going where you know they've been for years... They've kept records, we hope, that yes. in an ideal situation. And and when they're in the database, we would hope that then you would then connect to them. For example, with the mitochondrial DNA, we had a lady, African-American. We know most African-Americans hit brick walls because of the slavery. But she wanted really bad to know where in Africa she came from. And they've done some a lot of testing in the African nations today, so they've got lots of samples to try to connect up with, correct? Right. And to we, determine where they right. may come from. And we've collected a lot of samples along the west coast of Africa and South Africa. Where people mostly were taken through the slave, slave trade. Exactly. And so she searched our database and found ex- two exact maps of someone in Mali, Africa. That was key point to her research. I mean, she Such finally, a breakthrough for an area exactly. where they thought there were no breakthroughs left. Exactly. <laughs> and then, so and then situations like that, it's like, wow, we are making a difference. Yes. Because it made a difference to her, and now she knows mm-hmm. where she came from. She How had exciting. exact matches in Mali, Africa. And she's been back there. From what I understand, she's been back there, and she's been able to meet her ancestors. Walk so the land and exactly. see. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, this is, this is where my DNA was. Great. And still is, so to speak, in her situation. Wonderful. Well, so. give us the website uh, address again so we can make sure and visit. All right. It's www.smgf.org. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Anna. This has been a wonderful way to um, get our feet wet in the area of genetics. Well, thank you. If you would like more information about DNA and the Sorensen Molecular Genealogy Foundation, go to the genealogygems.tv website and click the podcast button to go to the episode 29 show notes. And there you're going to find links to articles and resources about this fascinating subject. 
That's all the time we have for this week. If you'd like to learn more about the subjects I cover on this podcast, be sure and subscribe to the free Genealogy Gems monthly e-newsletter. The October issue just went out and it's full of follow-up items to past episodes, ideas for utilizing your iPod to further your research, and lots, lots more. So why not send me an email today at genealogygemsnewsletter at gmail.com with your name, state, or country, and how you've heard about the podcast. And I'll get the October issue right out to you. And you'll be all set to receive each monthly issue. And of course, there's new goodies going up all the time on the website nearly every day. So be sure and check it out regularly at genealogygems.tv to see what's fun and new. Again, thanks for listening, friend. Have a wonderful week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.